Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird, and uh, wow, I'm already getting choked up um, about this episode. And I said I wasn't going to do that, and here, lo and behold, here I here I am. I we are so so blessed uh, to have this guest on uh, with us today. She's an to say that she's just an incredible woman is is a complete understatement. I absolutely love this woman uh, to death. Uh, I have. Honored to have known her since 2012, which is the first time I met her. She is one of our nation's gold star mothers. She's the founder of uh, America's uh, Mighty Warriors. I'm going to bring her on right now. We're going to talk a lot about some stuff today. So, uh, Debbie Lee, or as I know you as, Mama Lee, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And it is so good to be back on air with you. I know it's been a while, but. Um, you're always near to my heart. Every time I see you, I'm just so excited to see you and give you a big hug. <laughs> I know. I absolutely love it. It was it was crazy because I know we were talking offline. So you and I met at, at uh, SHOT Show 2012 was the first time we met. Found out that we lived pretty close to each other, you know, in same same state, not far from each other. Never saw each other in our in the state that we lived in. Always saw each other at the Army Navy game and, and every time we saw each other, like you said, it was it was always uh, good seeing each other because I, I always look forward to that Mama Lee hug. Uh, and, and you've shown me so much love and support over the years, and I cannot thank you enough, not only for, for me, but for what you do for our veterans um, and our nation's heroes, which um, I want to get into talking about a little bit. Before we do that, um, for the listeners that don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? You bet. So um, I am the very proud mother of three children, uh, 11 grandchildren. And uh, my uh, third child was the first Navy SEAL that was killed in Iraq, August 2nd, 2006. And that was Mark Lee. And many of you may know that name. He was uh, one of the three main characters portrayed in the movie American Sniper. Uh, He was portrayed in that movie as Chris's officer. He wasn't. He was the new guy on the platoon. And I spent uh, lots of hours with the script writer um, on that, trying to get Mark's character right. But I can tell you, the Mark that you saw in that movie was not his personality, not his character, not his heroic actions, other than they used his name and that was his real name. And they have me in the funeral scene supposed to be reading part of his last letter, letter home, which really was the first part of his last letter home. But um, I, you know, he was a new guy on the platoon. And when they reached out and they said, Hey, we want to make, we're going to promote your son in the movie. You know, we're trying to show how close Chris and Mark were. And if we just put him in the one deployment scene that they were together, most people won't make that connection. So by making him the officer, then he could be in all four of the deployment scenes. Um, I was good. You know, they could make him an admiral in my mind, you know, <laughs> but, um, just, you know, very proud of that young man and the choice that he made to stand up and to give his life. And I think that's so relevant in our world, the crazy world that we've lived in in 2020. Right. And so many people not standing for what is right. And, um, you know, as we began to piece together the story of what happened just on Mark's final day on August 2nd, 2006, We found out that he'd stood up in the direct line of fire three times that day, willingly gave his life to save his teammates. And uh, as you can imagine, for me, the toughest day of my life was August 2nd, when we were notified that Mark was gone. And, you know, you've got kids and, you know, anybody listening has kids. They always say that's our worst nightmare. That's our worst fear is that possibility of losing a child. And I can tell you, 
I've been a widow for 26 years and by far losing Mark was so much harder. But as we had been notified and tried to piece together, you know, Mark's heroic actions that day, I started to get phone calls from his teammates in Iraq when they knew that I'd been notified. And we found out it had been 115, 120 degrees that day. You and I live in Arizona. We had a crazy <laughs> hot summer. Yeah. We saw that those temperatures a lot this yep. summer. But yep. I can guarantee you and I were not in our body armor. We weren't out running on patrols. We weren't being fired at. Mm -hmm. Most people weren't even getting in their swimming pools because they felt like it was too hot. Now, I love the heat, so I was good with being out in the, in the swimming pool. But not just out there running, playing, doing anything. Right. And uh, Mark carried the big gun. So he carried anywhere from 150 to 180 pounds in addition to his own weight. I've been over to Iraq twice. I'm the first gold star mom in history to be in the combat zone. I went on patrol with the first of the fourth cab three different times. I wore the body armor, which I've learned is 30, 35 pounds of, you know, what I was wearing. And I couldn't wait to get back at the end of the day and pull that off. And my shoulders were all tight and my neck was, and I was like, oh my gosh, how do these guys do this day in, day out, day out? Obviously, you know, you were in better physical condition, you know, that I was not that I was in bad shape, but I just wasn't used to wearing 35 pounds right, on my right. shoulder, but 150 to 180 pounds, you know, Mark was six foot one, weighed about 210, 220, you know, big guy could handle that. That's why he got the big gun. But I can't imagine you put that together with the 115, 120 degree temperature. And they had been on a rooftop in Ramadi fighting for two hours. They'd been fighting the most intense firefight of Ramadi up to that point. Combine those three things together. I can't even process in my mind how they do that. I've been to Camp Markley. I got to see the base. I get those glimpses of the picture of, of the story and who Mark was. But um, in the movie, they show Ryan Job getting shot. Um, the bullets actually hit his weapon. So he had severe shrapnel injuries to the head. And there were four seals on the rooftop. Ryan dropped to the ground. And two of the seals quickly dropped to their knees to help Ryan. Mark could have made that very same choice. Yeah. But his choice that day was to stand up in the direct line of fire right where Ryan had just got shot. He knew he had the big gun, you know, it wasn't like the movie kind of made it sound like he had, you know, death by combat wish, but he knew he could lay down some suppressive fire. Right. He knew that he was the only guy up there, if anybody could, that could get the medic up to the roof to be able to save Ryan. And he made that choice to do that. Yeah. They did. They got the medic up there. He looked one like look at Ryan and said, we've got to get him out of here immediately, but there's no chance for survival. So not just once, but then a second time again by himself. Mark stood up in the line of fire again. He's got that big gun laying down the cover, hoping that they could move and get Ryan down off of the roof. And they did. They successfully got him down, sent him off for medical attention, and they climbed back in their Bradleys. And they had headed back to that base that I told you was named Camp Mark Lee in his memory. That's right. And they got in there and they started to rip off their gear and get some water to refresh themselves. And I remember Chris Kyle telling me later they were sure there was no way Ryan could have survived. His injuries were so severe to his head. And so they were already starting to process that they probably lost Ryan. Ryan did, in fact, live for three more years. He lived here in Phoenix as well and uh, died from complications in surgery three years later. But he did survive that injury, but they didn't think he would. And as they're processing that, and just trying to deal with that, the chief came in. He said, we just found 30 of the insurgents that just attacked us. 
And without hesitation, Mark looked at his chief and he said, Roger that, let's go get him. Because I've been to Camp Mark Lee. I know there's a big Marine base on the other side of Camp Mark Lee. They could have said, hey, go get some Marines that are fresh and haven't been out in battle today, who are gung-ho and ready to go. But that's not who these guys are. And so they climbed in their Bradleys and they headed back to that godforsaken place. They cleared several houses. They went in the last house Mark would be in. They cleared the bottom of the house and they proceeded up the steps. And as they headed up the steps, they heard Mark say, on me. And if you've served, you know what he was saying? He was saying, I got the lead on this. You guys follow me. We got something we got to do here. And as he did that, he drew fire through a window. And for the last and final time again, Mark turned into the line of fire. He didn't duck below the wall and let his teammates take the casualties. He made the choice to stand up in that line of fire and he gave his life. And I can tell you that, as I said before, the toughest pain I've ever known, but I am so proud of Mark and the choice that he made to do the right thing and to give his life. Many of you may know a lot of those teammates that he was with. Leif Babin, um, Jocko Willink was their task unit commander. Johnny Kim, the astronaut. Kevin Lace, I mean, there's an amazing group. I'm not gonna list the ones that are still in, but those are my boys now. That is my family. I am a blessed woman. And I remember that week that Mark died and I had five team guys and not all of them were Charlie Platoon guys, but you know, some of Mark's close buddies and they were in the home. And Mark tried to explain to me the brotherhood thing before he died. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. You guys are all close. You've, you've trained together, you've fought together, you've seen crazy stuff together. Yeah. But really, as close as your brother you grew up with for 28 years? And he said, yeah, mom, that close. And I jokingly said, well, let me remind you, I didn't birth them. So they're really not your brothers. But when I had those guys in the house, I was like, oh, my gosh, they love Mark as much as we do. And they're hurting just as much as we are. And I'm like, they really are his brothers. And that's when they started calling me Mama Lee. And I used to be so protective of that name. I was like, nope, that's just my Charlie boys, Mark's teammates that get to call me that name. And, uh, you know, through the years, uh, I realized that that's also a term of endearment. And as I work with the veterans and support them, I mean, I do. I know who pays the price for my freedoms. I enjoy every day. I never, never, never take that for granted. Right. And um, it wasn't like I set out to be this image, you know, this is who I want to be. It's just because I love you guys and I appreciate and I understand the sacrifices that you made for me. And that's why, like you said, to get that Mama Lee hug, you know, Um And so that relationship has grown and I started to realize how important that is to you guys, how important that relationship is to have that. And I can tell you what, there's thousands of people around the world that call me Mama Lee. Uh, You know, even people that haven't served that I've worked with closely. I know I had one of my board members who's just a few years younger than me and he goes, okay, I didn't serve and you're not old enough to be my mom, but... (laughs) I, I, I get what everybody's saying, this Mama Lee thing. Can I call you Mama Lee? And I'm like, you want to call me Mama Lee? Of course you could call me Mama Lee. Yeah. And it's been my honor, you know, to have that relationship with so many. And, um, you know, because of Mark's amazing letter, that's, you know, part of what my character is supposed to be reading in the movie. 
that inspired us to start our foundation. I would encourage your listeners, go to our website at americasmightywarriors.org and read that letter. It wasn't that if you're reading this, I'm gone. It just happened to be the last written letter we would receive from Mark. It will, listen, folks, it'll give you, it'll give you, like, I, I can't even talk straight. My, uh, I had goosebumps on my arms right now. If you're listening to the show, that means you're already online. Just open up another browser and go to americasmightywarriors.org right now and, and check it out and, and save this website as well and get involved. Go ahead, Debbie. Sorry. But that letter and Mark's story, not just the way he gave his life, but who he was, how he lived his life, right. have inspired millions and millions of people around the world. And um, one of the first things that we started doing was Mark talks about in that letter, doing more random acts of kindness. And he said, when's the last time you paid for a stranger's cup of coffee or a meal or a tank of gas? Or imagine when you, you know, go to pay for the meal and you find out it's been paid for. He said, when's the last time you helped somebody with their groceries in or out of their car? You know, it doesn't have to be a financial impact. But so um, without having the official foundation, you know, I started doing those things. Every time I'd see one of you guys, I'd go up. I'm like, hey, I'm going to buy your coffee or I'm getting your meal. And people look at me. No, 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 ma'am. That's OK. I'm not, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. My son was the first seal that was killed in Iraq. And he wrote this letter that challenged me to do this. And so I get to honor him by do this and thank you. And so then they're like, oh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you yeah. say to that, yeah, right? It's like, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> but, um, and then we expanded that. I just would happen to be in Washington, D.C., you know, when we get another team guy, you know, with his face blown off or his legs blown off. And, you know, that's how God's equipped me to be an encourager and a supporter a lot of people can't handle that and they want to go in and give you guys all this sympathy and baby you and feel sorry for you. And that's the last thing you guys need. No. You need a little, you know, we all have this kind of weird sense of humor, you know, you need that little reminder there, that kick in the butt or the motivation to say, you know, Hey, I'm not here to feel sorry for you. Yeah. You know, you were a warrior. You're still a warrior. Yeah. You know, that hasn't changed who you are. Get up, do what you need to do. Yeah. You know, yes, this is not going to be easy, but life is not easy. And I, I think of, you know, again, Mark's final words on me, yeah. you know, and we did a podcast at the beginning of COVID that was 20 consecutive days. I don't know what the heck I was thinking doing that many <laughs> in a row, but the, the speakers we had were phenomenal. And we actually just released, um, we're releasing one a day of the edited versions up to Veterans Day. So um, if people go to our YouTube channel, they can check those out. Amazing, amazing speakers. But again, helping us those reminders of, you know, I could have sat and felt sorry for myself when I lost Mark and, and I get it, man, that's the deepest pain. People that go through that do that. I'm not judging you, judging you're saying anything because it is, it's deepest pain. I get it why they go to drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever makes you feel better. But as I tell people, my choice was to put on Mark's boots and pick up his weapon and stay in the fight for you and for every other man and woman that served. You know, me feeling sorry for myself wouldn't bring Mark back. Right. It'd physically make me sick. Stress is crazy what it does to your body physically. And that's not how God wired me. So when I can be out there supporting you guys, loving you guys, taking care of you and the other families, you know, that have lost a loved one. I think for me, the, the first Actual, again, not as a foundation, was seven weeks after Mark died. I was supporting Mike Monsoor's family. He was a teammate on Task Unit Bruiser that 
jumped on a grenade and um, oh, that's right. yeah. you know, w- was awarded the Medal of Honor for his heroic actions. But I, 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 there was no other Gold Star mother there to walk with me through the midst of it, you know, or be at the funeral with me. And again, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself and say, oh, boo-hoo, nobody did anything for me. But it was like, I can make a difference for someone else. And so when we got the word, not that I decided this is what I was going to do, I just knew that I needed to be there. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to respond. I just knew I wanted to be there so she could say, oh my gosh, there's another mom that lost her son. She's only seven weeks ahead of me in the grief process, but she's still standing. She's still alive, right. you know? You're giving hope. And, you're, you're giving hope. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And so our foundation has just, you know, continued to grow here and there, you know, starting with the Random Acts of Kindness. We've now expanded that program. So we go up to a $5,000 grant. Um, That's typically a crisis situation. And we don't have the veteran themselves can't come ask because we found so many veterans just going from charity to charity with an entitlement attitude. And I'm sorry, but that's not who we're supporting. If you knew somebody, you could reach out and say, hey, my best buddy I've known for, you know, five years, 10 years, um, here's what's going on. His house just burnt to the ground. He hadn't got renter's insurance yet, or his daughter's got cancer. You know, we just last week lost another uh, seal to complications from surgery. And so, you know, we gave him $5,000 for funeral expenses. And it's a quick turnaround. You know, a lot of the foundations, because they're, Bigger foundations have large boards. It takes, you know, weeks or months to get, you know, something approved. And typically within 24 hours, we've got a check in the mail or, you know, Venmo the money nice. or whatever to help take care of. Nice. Um, and on, I mentioned the, the Gold Star families. We do retreats in Texas. We have a house called the Heroes Hope Home uh, here in Arizona. Yeah. Now we have one in Florida called Serenity Hope Home. And we pay for the airfare and rental car. We fly those families in for a week and just love and pamper and let them know. We'll never forget their hero and we won't forget them. As you mentioned, Army Navy game, we yeah. do a dinner <laughs> for star families, yep. you know. Yep. Unfortunately, this year it's not happening. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. But again, we can't stop and say, okay, COVID's, you know, we lost $357,000 so far this year from events that we had to cancel that would have been fundraising events, you know a lot of foundations haven't made it, right. you know, and we, again, could curl up and say, eh, sorry, time out. We're you, done. You keep moving forward. It's like, no matter what is thrown in front of you, you are one of the strongest women I've ever met in my entire life. And it's mm-hmm. like, you put anything in front of you, you're either going to go around it, go over it, go under it, whatever. You find a way to just, or you push right through it <laughs> and, yeah. and you, and you just keep, you just keep moving. You've done so much for the community and for the families out there. And it, and it's, it, it blows my mind. I'm not just saying this because I've known you. I'm saying this because I've known you and your character, but I'm not saying this because you're a close friend or anything like that, but you, you really are uh, an example of what people should be. You know, we, we had talked a little bit about this year, 2020, and just like you just mentioned COVID and, and how the world is such a crazy place right mm. now. And there's so much negativity. And then I'm sitting in front of a woman that is who, who could, by all rights, could be negative, but you're not. You're bringing so much positivity and so much light to the world 
And and I got it, it. It blows my mind every time I even think about you or, or when I see you. It's like, how does she just she just keeps going? Yeah. Well, you know, the, you mentioned the light. And for me, that's how I keep going. Yeah. You know, I'm a believer and God gives me the strength Amen. every single day. And so that positivity that you see is not me. That's, you know, Christ living in me that's shining. You talk about the light. That's his light that's shining, wow. you know. And I start my day every day, you know, with a quiet time. Once in a while, that doesn't happen just if there's a craziness of the day. But you know, since I was 28, that's been a habit in my life because I do know where my strength comes from. You know, the night that uh, Mark died, you know, like I said, was, hopefully that is the worst and nothing else, you know, happens that would top that. But, um, you know, I went to Psalms 27 was where God led me that night. I don't care who you are. That is not you can be a super saint and that is not normal in the midst of those tragic news or circumstances to go pick up your Bible. But as I mentioned, I've been a widow, you know, for 26 years and I didn't have anybody there to hold me that night and say, it's going to be okay, honey, we're going to get through this. And um, so by default, which it should never be by default (laughs) that we turn to God, but by default, I, I knew, but I knew his character and I knew he would give me the strength I needed. I knew that one of his character qualities, he's the comforter. And so I knew that's where my comfort was going to come from. And um, like I said, I wouldn't be standing today if it wasn't for, you know, my confidence in him and that he would get me through. And that doesn't mean that there are still aren't those tough days or the instantaneously, you know, something happens and I'm like, well, let's go do this. You know, (laughs) I may have my moments where I'm like, are are you kidding me? Another, wait, what? And it's like, no, wait, you know, I know where my strength comes from, you know? And so as I've grown in my relationship with God, those times are shorter in between when I'm like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Because he says, I really wish you didn't trust me so much, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, thank you. I, I, I appreciate your, your, uh, your comments. And, but again, it's, it's not me that's doing that. There's someone, someone else that gives me the strength to do what I do every day. Amen. Well, Debbie, I want to talk about, you have another program called the helping heroes heal program. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit, because my understanding of that, you're, you're a big, um, Kind of a cheerleader of the hyper hyperbaric oxygen uh, stuff, which I know a little bit about, but maybe you can explain that and then explain the program uh, as well and what you guys are doing there. Sure. So um, nine years ago, we, you know, I've worked with the veterans and seen the issues that they have and the struggles and, you know, as they work through the post-traumatic stress and those with the traumatic brain injuries. And I'm like, how can I help them? What can I do? And so we started doing a lot of research. Um, we want to use those therapies that are actually healing. Right. There are so many things out there that are masking the symptoms. And, you know, I feel like the VA is one of the worst ones. You go in there, you come out with a gallon size baggie filled with 43 prescription drugs yeah. that you're supposed to take at the same time. And I'm speaking about one of our guys who's gone through our program literally is on 43 prescriptions all at the same time. How does that make any sense? And what that's doing to your kidney and liver, you know, one 
it, you know, because you took sleeping pills that made you sleep through the night and you're groggy and the other one gives you, you know, the energy to, you know, and, and it's just, they offset each other and it's just stupid. It, I'm not a doctor, but come on. And two thirds <laughs> of them have a side effect that says may cause suicidal tendency. And we wonder why our suicide Yeah, that, that makes no sense. Yeah, I, yeah. Absolutely. I get it. So in our research, we um, found the hyperbaric oxygen therapy and we've been doing this for nine years. And I can tell you what, that's one of the few therapies out there that's actually healing your brain. We have been in a fight with the DOD and VA to try to make this standard of care for you guys. And, you know, they keep saying, oh, the research that's out there, they just think it. It's They go in this chamber and they get oxygen and they're in a quiet place, you know, for an hour. So sure, it's going to make you feel better. So... <laughs> As we fought them, you know, the research that they've done, they actually, um, I spoke with the researcher who did the primary study, and then they hired a different guy to write the summary. And I don't, my hunches, because, you know, the pharmaceutical companies that, you know, they, there's a kickback or payback or something there, mm. but they had someone else interpret the studies. And the guy that did the studies saw the difference it was making that it was healing their brain but the summary wrote otherwise and said that's not the case so that's what they're basing it on but i can tell you we've done spec scans of you guys's brains before and after yeah. for probably over a hundred maybe 150 veterans i've personally seen the beginning picture of the brain and the after and the difference it's making is crazy we've had some that literally look like an rpg went through their head there was a, a hole completely through there their brain. It's like, how could this person even be functioning? So let's, and then, let's, forgive me for interrupting, but let's, let's back up a second. For those people that don't know what HBOT treatment is, can you kind of explain or elaborate a little bit more on what sure. that is and the process to that, please? Sure. So it stands for hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments. Okay. And that would be the chambers that they use when divers get the bins and they go back in and, you know, it's in few, it's a hundred percent medical grade oxygen that you breathe while you're in the chamber, but it's at pressurized settings. So it's like taking a gun with oxygen and shooting bullets, you know, into your tissue, into your bones, into your, and it, it, it that's what God designed, you know, oxygen. That's why we breathe it to heal our bodies. Right. You know, that's part of the sleep. That's that regeneration, you know, rejuvenation when we sleep at night, that's what causes that. And so uh, you go into the chamber. The first uh, primary protocol for it is 40 dives, 40 consecutive dives for an hour a day in the chamber. Uh, some of the chambers are mono chambers. So you go in a you know, cylindrical tube. It's open. So guys are like, I'm not going to tube. Well, it's all glass. So, you know, you don't feel like you're in this little tiny okay. mini set. Um, some of them are. Uh, six people can go in at a time. So it is kind of like a, a submarine, you know, but it's amazing the technology. And like I said, we've been doing this for nine years. And uh, one of the things that we require when the guys go through our program, no alcohol, no tobacco products, no abuse of prescription drugs, no legal drugs. If we're doing things that are building your body up, and healing those cells, you can't be doing things at the same time. Right. So, you know, we've done lots of reading on traumatic brain injury and the, you know, keto diet, the high protein, low carb is very beneficial. So these are things that also need to be lifestyle changes, you know, on the veterans part, mm -hmm. if they really want to get their sleep better, their headaches gone, their memory, 
is improved. Um, you know, these are all standard things. I wish I could say each application is unique when we get one and we read through it before we approve them. But the stories are the same and the marriages that are being destroyed, you know, because of it is so it's heart wrenching. And yet we could have we've offered to buy portable chambers and put them in the combat zone. So if you'd been out on patrol that day and there was breaching or you were shooting, you know, Gustav's or, you know, you automatically just go in that chamber every single day. That's what Israel does. And they have seen very uh, small amounts of our their veterans with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury. And it's, it's amazing the difference it's making. And why? Why are we hesitating to allow you guys to do this? There's no side effects you know, that happened from this, not like the drugs with the list, you know, you get this page of this may happen, that may happen, and you'd be like, why would anybody take this with these <laughs> side effects? And to heal them, you know, it's just, so, it, you know, as I said before, when I said I put on Mark's boots and pick up his weapon, I'm not comparing myself at all to what you guys do in combat, but it is still a fight to yeah. make sure that you guys are taken care of. Are you, yeah. on the treatments and stuff, where, you go through, you pick the, the veteran to go through the process or whatnot. Do you send them? Is that there uh, locally or do you find somebody in their local area that does that? Or is this somewhere that there's only certain places in the United States that are doing this right now? So we have to send the veteran there. That's a great question. And we do have um, several facilities where the veteran can go for a month and get two treatments a day rather than just one treatment a day. So then he knocks it out in a month instead of two months. We know that that's not practical for a lot of you guys. You have families, you have jobs. You can't just pack up and go away for a month as much as you would love to. Um, but we work with doctors and clinics around the United States. If you're in a city where just happens to be, we have, haven't established a relationship with a clinic, then we search them out and find them. A lot of the um, spas and some of your chiropractors are starting to get um, soft-sided chambers in there, but it has to be a facility with hard-sided chamber. The soft-sided ones, you can't get the pressure up as high as it needs to be to be effective. So then you're doing six months of treatments every day. Well, it's hard enough to get you guys to a place where you can do two months of treatment every day and commit to that, let alone the other. And then the frustration happens. I think so many of you guys have tried several different therapies and you know, you feel like it's going to be the magic bullet this time. You know, people tell you this is the one that and and yet it doesn't. There's no magic bullet out there, even though all the therapies we've researched, we do the hyperbaric oxygen therapy and the hormone vitamin therapy. We've seen amazing results there. Yeah. But again, it's like I said, you've got to get to a place, you know, lifestyle wise where you make these changes that are healthy for you as well. But as so many of you have gone through treatments and not seen any difference at all, or very little, or sometimes you've gotten worse, you feel like that hopelessness is continues. You're like, I'm going to have to live like this the rest of my life. And I don't want to do this. And I think that's why part of that, you know, choice for suicide, because you do feel like, look what I'm doing to my family. Look at the fights I'm causing. Look at the way, you know, I respond and act to people. And guys and gals, there is hope. Like I said, I've seen these therapies that are working. I've got testimony after testimony after testimony. I talked to one of the tier one operators the other day and 
he just completed the hyperbaric. He's still doing the hormone and vitamin therapy. But I said, okay, so tell me, you know, what changes have you seen? And I always tell him, don't, don't just tell me because we paid this for the treatment or because I'm on the lead. I want the truth. Right. You know, if you, if you haven't seen any, tell me you haven't seen any. And not that we've had anybody say they haven't seen any, but um, he said, you know, my memory's better. I'm sleeping like a baby. This is awesome. Sometimes people say that I'm like, have you ever had a baby? Cause Babies don't often sleep through the night, but I got what he was saying. Clearly not a parent. (laughs) (laughs) He was sleeping well. He said, my memory and my thoughts and my ability to speak and my sentences make sense. And I'm I'm like, okay, well, we will never get you to be that person that you were before you deployed. Right. But how close do you feel like we got you? He said, I'm almost there. And I was like, Wait, what? (laughs) And so to hear those stories, you know, it's just, I want to stand up and, you know, pound on a symbol as loud as I can to, you know, Congress, the VA, DOD, and we have been, you know, I am the, you know, clanging symbol in their ears, but we still haven't been able to get a basic legislation approved that says we will pay for hyperbaric oxygen therapy for our veterans who are diagnosed with PTS and TBI. And I think you hit the – my opinion is I, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it probably has a lot to do with the um, big pharma, big you know, pharmaceutical companies and, and, and whatnot. It's a shame. I, you know, I, there was – you know, I, I wasn't on, you know, 20, 30 different – well, I was close. I, I think at one time I was on 18 different um, things from the VA and I just stopped taking yeah. them all. And, and yeah. like, well, how do you deal with the pain? I just deal with it. You know, yeah. I, I've, I would rather try other treatments that, you know, more natural treatments than I don't like, I don't even like taking aspirin or ibuprofen. My wife's yeah, nervous. I'm there. She's all like, you need to do this. Sweetheart. I'm not, you know, you don't get it. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a thing. Um, Folks, again, if you're listening to the show, open up another browser. Go to americasmightywarriors.org. You got to get involved. Uh, save this website. You will be happy uh, that you did. Follow American Mighty Warriors on uh, social media. You, you can find them on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, and don't don't forget to check out their YouTube channel as well. Um, Mama Lee, we're, we're coming up on time here. What else can, uh, what can we do for you? Well, uh, we always need people to support. You know, we've got a campaign right now that's uh, 20 and 2020. And you sign up to give $20 a month on a recurring basis. Uh, when we were working on our budget, and of course, it's like, okay, well, we need this many large donors to come in at 100,000. And then we need this many at 50,000. Then we need this many at 25. Well, everybody's going for those same hundred thousand dollars and they give to you know a couple charities a year right. and you have to work really hard you know to and lots of times it's not because you know only two are getting it right so we started breaking it down on smaller numbers and when i multiplied the smaller numbers you know by a larger amount i went holy cow if we get 2020 people to give just twenty dollars a month a year i mean twenty dollars a month on a recurring basis right. for the year that would be half our budget And I'm like, we got, you know, lots of followers, so that should be pretty easy to do. Um, Again, we look at the sacrifices our men and women have made for us in combat. It is our responsibility as a nation to make sure you guys are taken care of when you come back home. And um, just because our government is not doing a good job doesn't mean that 
you know, we can pass that off to somebody else. And that's why we stood up and said, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. You know, obviously can't save the whole world. Although, you know, I feel like I'm always trying <laughs> um, to, you know, to be able to take care of them. This is expensive. The therapy per veteran is anywhere from 13 to $15,000 for the year. Wow. And um, so it's not a cheap treatment, but you guys are worth it. And so we need people that can help, whether you can, you know, host a fundraiser, do a Facebook fundraiser for your birthday. Lots of times people bring in several hundred dollars doing that. Facebook doesn't take anything out, not even a credit card fee. So, you know, that's a great way to be able to do that. If you want to host a, a gala or do a bake sale, or we always need people to help. We always need great volunteers that can help us. Um, with a skill or talent that they've got. You know, we've got a store where you can go purchase items that, you know, help support us. All the books that are in the store are either uh, I'm a contributing author in or Mark's teammates have written that tell Mark's amazing story or dedicate their books to them. We've even got kids books. Jocko writes a series called Way of the Warrior Kid. And Mark is the little boy in the book. And, um, you know, those help us raise funds, but holy cow, your life will be motivated and changed. I tell every adult you need to read that series yeah. because it's got great leadership principles in there. And, you know, I think that's what that comes back to, you know, as we mentioned, 2020 and the craziness of this year. And um, I can tell you the intensity of the mental health piece for our veterans this year has been not like no other year we've ever experienced the most severe intense cases and quantity wise you know so um that's a huge piece there but again we can be responsible for some of those things that we're going through stop focusing on those things you can't control just quit wasting your time start focusing on those things that you can make a difference in. You can control. None of us can ever, um, well, I guess a few people could if they're scientists, maybe impact COVID, but <laughs> most of us can't. Yeah. We can't say when it we get the vaccine or when it you know stops or when it goes or, okay, so just stop. Stop focusing on that. Do those things that you can change. Have a plan ahead for when we get through COVID, what you're going to do in your business, in your life. Make sure you're eating healthy. Make sure you're exercising. Make sure you're getting good sleep. Some of those basic things that sound so simple, but are so important to our mental health piece. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things giving back to someone else, you know, oh, when you're God. hurting and you're focused inward, it is so hard to get out of that. But so I tell people, get up in the morning and find one thing you're thankful for. Before your feet even hit the ground, find one thing to be thankful for. And I, I know I've been in the place, you know, of deepest grief when I first lost Mark. And you don't feel like you can find anything. But I tell people, did you have hot water in your shower? Yes. Well, a lot of our troops, you know, that are in the combat zone don't have hot water. A lot of people who live in, four, you know, third world countries don't have hot water. Start there. And there's something contagious that happens when you do that. And then go out and do something for somebody else. Whether it's walking somebody's dog, reading a book to a kid, do something for somebody else. And I guarantee it will change your day. So I'm gonna I want to say something here, Mama, because it, this comes full circle uh for me right now. And, and I'm just having like a my mind blown moment. So one of the very first times that we had talked and the first time I had you on a previous show, you'd mentioned, you know, before your feet hit the ground, what are you thankful for? 
And I have lived by that. I've said it on this show since two, this show started. I started this show in 2015. And since the beginning of this show started, I, I would always talk about, you know, one of the things, find something that you're grateful for. And I say, before I get out of bed in the morning, I put a smile on my face, regardless of whether I slept good or not. Or not. Uh, and I, I would think of something that I'm thankful for. Usually it's my son. Now it's my son, my wife, my dogs. You know, what, whatever the case is. But find something that you're thankful for before your feet hit the ground. And then when I get up in the morning and as I'm walking down to make my cup of coffee, I'm saying thank you. Thank you. Every step I take. Wow. And, I, and, I, and I have a smile on my face, regard, again, regardless of what time it is. And I say all of that because I started that. Because of our first conversation, Aww. full circle right now. It's, it's, I'm just having a, a giddy moment. Forgive me, but it it was That's like cool. it was it was because of you. You have changed my life, uh, and and just in that manner. And it's it's um, it's wanted me to become a better person in in regards of hey, let's be positive. You can't focus, and this is this is a thing, folks. Those of you that are listening right now, and you've heard me say this before on the show. 90% of life are things you can't control. So what are you worried about? Focus. You can control your reaction to a yes. situation, but you can't control the situation itself. So stop worrying about it. Worry about, or don't, don't, one, don't worry, but focus on your reaction to the situation. And try to find, regardless of how crappy the situation might be, try to find the positive thing out of it and move forward with it. Mama yeah. Lee, I, I can't I can't thank you enough for for uh your friendship. I can't thank you enough for your time with us today. Uh, I love you dearly, as you know. Um and folks, again, it's America's Mighty Warriors.org. Please uh get involved, make a donation, uh and 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 just follow follow them because she is doing amazing, amazing things. So Mama Lee, thank you. You bet. And if you're a veteran that needs our help, please, please, we are here. Reach out. Um, we love you. We appreciate you, the sacrifices you made. And it's been an honor to be with you today. It, it is the highlight of my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, again, follow America's Mighty Warriors. Go to AmericanMightyWarriors.org. Also need to give a shout out to our, our parent network, uh, Heroes Media Group. Go check out all the shows over there. Get involved. Uh, if you're interested in becoming part of the HMG family, go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour. <laughs>